Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and this week on the show, joining me via Skype on my phone, Justin Wong. Welcome to the show, Justin. Uh, thank you for having me. Justin is a fighting game champion, one of the evil geniuses, which is your clan, your team. What exactly is that? It's basically my team, but it's also an organization, but it... It has a lot of other teams, like not just fighting game. It has a StarCraft team, a Dota 2 team, Quake team, and recently they just gave a, gave us the fighting game division team. So I want to get into exactly how the scene works. I've played a lot of fighting games, but I really don't know much about uh, the competitive world of fighting games. But what have been some of your, uh, just to give a quick overview, some of your greatest, greatest accomplishments uh, in the world of competitive fighting games? Let's see. For me, I'm like a multi... Mars Capcom 2 world champion. I won a lot of tournaments for that, especially in the Evolution series, which is like the biggest fighting game tournament in the world. Um, I used to be the the number one player in Street Fighter 4 for America in 2009. Also, Mortal Kombat 9 national champion for a bit. And right now, I'm just playing whatever fighting game that comes out competitively and try to become the best at it. So what you're saying is you could beat me. Um... I mean, I have a good shot of beating you, but you know, you never know. There's always secret talent around the world that no one ever knows. Well, I don't have any secret talent, but just out of curiosity, what are the odds that me just mashing buttons could beat you? It one in ten rounds. Um, if you mash buttons, then probably a zero. But if you know how to play, it's definitely different. So there's no chance of just a lucky win. This is a very skill based. Uh, competition. Yeah, you can always if if you, if you're fighting against a button masher and you're a professional player, there would be a zero percent chance of you actually getting a round off of a professional player. Okay, so as we often do on the show, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into this? Because I remember when Street Fighter was big and it was the biggest thing in the world, but uh, eventually I just kind of reached a level where I couldn't get any better and then I just uh, moved on to another game but you didn't so how did you get involved uh, how did you get this good um I used to I used to live in New York City and we had a our, our, our famous arcade called Chinatown Fair let's go back just a little bit further than that how old are you like what's your first video game system I am turning 27 in, in two months and my first system was the NES nice me too me too it's great that for in on this show, how old are you and what was your first video game system are pretty much the same question. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like I, I think I could have gotten like an Atari, but I think I wasn't uh, my family wasn't too fond of video games at the time, so I was kinda lucky that they actually gave me a Nintendo. But they gave me an NES when the SNES came out. So it's like, oh, you know, the NES is probably on sale for like fifty bucks compared to the new SNES. So I had to <laughs> I was behind on video game technology for a bit. And for those that don't know, that don't play video games, but are for some reason still listening to the show, uh, Street Fighter is like the Citizen Kane of fighting video games. I often say something's the Citizen Kane of something else, but I, I think it really fits here. Street Fighter really like blew the door open and invented the genre. Was that your favorite game? My favorite game growing up as a kid was Marvel Superheroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which uh, which Capcom also developed, and you know I was just a big fan of Marvel Heroes just because when you're a kid you saw that that the X Men cartoon show on, on Fox Five in the morning that made me like want to play some Wolverine, some Psylocke, you know all those all those X Men characters. That game was basically Street Fighter 
with uh, you know the Marvel superheroes. Yeah, and I was never good at the, like Street Fighter at, at first and the original one because it was very like I had that like old school old man mentality where you have to be super patient and you have to like know the exact frames, but. Playing Marvel superheroes was completely different. And when we say the original Street Fighter, obviously we're talking about Street Fighter Two, right? Yeah, Street Fighter Two, like Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, not like Street Fighter One, where inputs are impossible to pull out. I've never actually seen or played Street Fighter One. Have you? I seen it at first, and I thought it was. It, it made me realize, wow, this is was the this is the first one, and I played it, and I could not throw a fireball, which is supposed which. Is like the easiest thing in the world for me now, but I still can't even throw it because it's kind of like messed up. And if you want to play it, you could play it on the PS2. It's called it's on the Capcom Classic Collection Volume One. I don't want to play it. It's very frustrating. So if you didn't get into Street Fighter Two, how did you start taking fighting games seriously? Because at Chinatown Fair, it was very very fighting game heavy. They had like Street Fighter Alpha Two, Street Fighter Two, like Street Fighter Three. Like Marvel Superheroes, Marvel's Capcom One, like they have a bunch of fighting games from like every genre and every like company making them. And New York was very heavy into the to just like I guess playing competitively. And in terms of competitively back then, it wasn't really like on some esports level or company sponsored. It was basically whoever was part of the community and a lot of the tournament organizers were from the community because they just wanted to see who was the best in the USA. How did you start getting good? Well, um, I used to play like the Marvel series with my high school friends, and um, we you know we thought we were good. So we always go after school after three o'clock. We always went to the arcade, but we always had to leave at five. So one day I stayed after five, and there was like the seven p.m. crew when people get off work type of thing, and they beat me so bad, and like. The people that beat me, that that beat me really bad, were the actual like, like competitive players that went to tournaments and stuff. And you know, from there, I just kept kicking it with them, and kept losing a lot more. And then eventually, like, I just got a lot better. It's almost uh, really like anything. If you compete against people that are better than you, you're gonna get better. Oh yeah, because you know, you you get to see like, why did you get hit there? Why did I lose there? And why did um this person win so you kind of like just try to capitalize off of it how much time were you spending in the arcade probably as much as i can and as much as i didn't get as much as i didn't get in trouble with my family so like if i was going to school i get up at three i was there two hours on school nights but when it came to weekends i was there like from 10 a.m to like 7 p.m so this was just all the time. Yeah, pretty much. Was it fun? It was really fun because I, know, I just wanted to beat them and try to be better than them. And at the time, there were so many different type of uh, new fighting games coming out for the arcades. What year is this? 1999. So this is like... This is like um, after Street Fighter 3. So at this point, is there a professional fighting game scene? Yeah, well, the thing is, there's a different term of professionally. It's more of a... A hobby, like it's like um, go, like you 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 go to a bowling alley and you join the the local bowling team to enter the local bowling tournaments. It's it's stuff like that. Like if you win like first place with the tournament, you wouldn't get like ten thousand dollars. You'd probably get like a couple hundred dollars. But we were playing because we wanted to see who was the best. What are some things you learned by observing these people just right away? Things you weren't doing. The type of combos that people were doing. Um, the type of um 
punishes, what I mean by punishes, like someone will do an unsafe move and you have to punish it with like a maximum punish, meaning like the most damage you can get out of it. Because most people, when they face a situation like that, they'll do a minimal punish, which does no damage. And you said different types of combos. So these weren't just longer combos. Was there something fundamentally different about them? Yeah, like let's say, for example, if someone... In a Street Fighter reference, someone whips a dragon punch, right? And you do your punish is a low forward fireball. Then that's like okay, minimal minimal damage. But if you do like low forward dragon punch, it's maximum damage, and you also knock them down, so you get an advantage to keep your pressure going on after it instead of a low forward fireball, where it keeps them standing and you kind of reset the position. Is there a game that you would compare? fighting games too is it like chess what 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 skills are you using to compete here i would think it it's it's more of a a hands-on version of chess because i know chess is very strategical and then you know you kind of you just like move the pieces but in terms of fighting game it's like you know you have to move strategically and also like approach the opponent strategically but you also have to input um, special moves normal moves and etc., which makes it more hands-on. Is there a ceiling on how good you can get at inputting special moves, or even at the professional level, are there some people who are better at that than others? Yeah, there's different people that are that can perform certain things better than other people. There's no, like, everyone is on the same level type of thing in terms of execution. Because in Japan, right, for example, do you know the game Vampire Savior? I don't. You've stumped me. Okay, Vampire Savior. Is oh, Vampire Savior, I know. I thought you said Empire Savior. Oh, no, no, no. Like Darkstalkers? Oh, yeah, I'm on board. Vampire Savior and Darkstalkers are the same thing. That's, yeah. That's what they call it in America. So um, there's this guy named Sako. He's from Japan. And um, he plays a character called BB Hood. It's like the Red Riding Hood character. Uh-huh. And he has a combo name after him called the Sako Combo because only he can do it in the world. Whoa, only he can input it. Just yeah. manage the controls. What What is so difficult about it? Because there's certain frames that you can pull off the combo. So if it's like a one-frame link, it's obviously harder. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, you got to slow down. One-frame link. What's that mean? One-frame link meaning you have one frame to press the button to make your next hit connect. One frame of animation. Yeah. So only he could do that combo because the timing required or is it just the dexterity to input it it's it's because the timing required interesting yeah so there's a lot of people that that are known for the execution but there's also a lot of people that are known for being more strategical what kind of player do you consider yourself i think i'm more strategic because i think my execution is very uh i guess just 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 above average Mm -hmm. i i basically do the, the the safe the no risk and highest reward type of stuff while other people are known to be flashy, and they, they even though if they if they drop it, they might lose, but they just want to impress the crowd. It seems like with fighting games, though, there would be a finite set of moves that can be done. Like Street Fighter, to use that example again, or Mortal Kombat or whatever, there's only so many moves in the game. Is there an infinite number of ways that they can use those moves against you? There's, there's not an infinite amount of moves in any fighting game there's always like let's say there's 10 moves per character or up to 100 moves per character depending on the game but in the in the in the long run most characters in a fighting game you'll probably only use like five moves because even though if a character has 10 moves five maybe five of them are kind of not good and they give you they don't um, contribute to anything so it doesn't matter how many moves a character has, really. So 
it becomes five moves. That actually greatly simplifies the game, it seems like. Because most fighting game characters, you said ten moves. Certainly, like, in the modern games, like in Marvel vs. Capcom, they have more than ten moves, don't they? In the new Marvel vs. Capcom. Let's see. For Marvel vs. Capcom 3, there's probably one, two, three, four, ten, ten. Let's, let's say there's probably like 20 moves per character and, and that will that will be like their standing moves meaning like when they're standing up they have like different animation move or their jumping moves when they jump and they have different animations on their on the, those type of buttons yeah there's not that many moves in fighting games for fighting game characters it just depends on how well you can use it is there a difference between playing a 2d fighting game uh so one that was animated by hand like street fighter or I'm going to say Mortal Kombat, even though it wasn't exactly animated, uh-huh. versus a 3D fighting game uh, where they're polygons like Tekken or uh, Street Fighter 4. Because if you're getting down to frames of animation, that's not really how the 3D games uh, work. And I'm not saying the gameplay is 3D. Like, Street Fighter 4 is a game that takes place in a 2D plane, but uh, the characters are, are polygons in motion as opposed to frames of animation. Well, um, the 2D games, like Street Fighter 2 or... Marvel's Capcom 2, they're very linear. And um, even though Street Fighter 4 has a 3D playing field, it still uses the same 2D aspect where it's very linear. You don't use the whole stage. You only use right. that, that one line. But Tekken, it's like a 360 because of because of the 3D, and it uses the whole 360 stage. So that means you can sidestep, meaning you can not stay in a line, and you can go left and you can go right into the 3D playing field which makes the game a lot more in-depth in terms of uh, how to approach an opponent. Do you have a preference between the two? Well, I, I, I mainly grew up on 2D fighting games just because at the time, in the, in the late 90s, in arcades, that 2D fighting games kind of ruled the whole the sure. scene. There were 3D ones like uh, Virtua Fighter, but they were primitive and they were, they were outnumbered. Yeah, especially with the coin... Co- um, Capcom's coin-op, it kind of just took over um, Virtua Fighter, took over Tekken at the time. So there's a difference in gameplay between the two, but is there a difference in timing because of the way the different animation systems work? Well, usually in 3D games, the combos are completely different than 2D, ga- 2D games. So in 3D games, when you when you perform a combo, you, it's usually off of a, a launcher, meaning you do like a, a, a move that launches your opponent in the air and you juggle them with like a, a combo. Um, I know you could do, you know, air combos like that in Marvel, but it's kind of like different because the main aspect of of 3D games are um, juggle juggle combos and also like really tight pressure strings, and what that means is basically moves that put you in frame advantage. And what that means is that let's <laughs> say, <laughs> so it's like three layers deep now. Yeah, and let's say let's say if I do a certain punch, I, that means um. You, you you still and let's say if I punch you right and it's called like oh this punch is plus two on block and that means that when after you block my punch you can't attack me back because if you try to attack me back my next attack will beat your attack because you have to wait for two frames of animation to return into non-block and this is in a 3D game it's in also in a 2D game but it's more important in a 3d game why is it more important in a 3d game because um when you do in a 3d game it's all about momentum while in 2d games you can you know you could take a break you can like you don't have to like engage into it but in in a 3d game it's it's kind of different because you have to engage 
I'm just starting to realize now that it's like that scene in The Wire and I'm playing checkers and you're playing chess. Because I have played <laughs> these video games, but I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. It's like you played a completely different game than me. Um, it's all, I mean, it's like, let's say if I'm playing, um, let's say I'm playing, you ever played Puzzle Fighter? Oh my god. Ding, ding, ding. You have just named my absolute favorite video game. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm probably, Puzzle Fighter's probably the video game, like, uh, if someone, if like the devil came and I had to play a video game for my life, I think I'd go with Puzzle Fighter. Let me test you on your Puzzle puzzle Fighter knowledge because I, I think I'm very good at it. Oh my god, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, do you know what the diamond glitch is? I do, but I only learned it after it was too late because I played it mostly on the console version, not really uh, in the arcade. Uh, uh. But when the Xbox Live version came out, it was like, fix the diamond glitch. And I, and then I looked it up at that point. Yeah, so it's it's basically something like, like if if you're just like a hardcore puzzle fighter fan in terms of casually, but you don't know like what the the cheap stuff is, and like like diamond glitch is one of them, and you know how there's a lot of characters in the game that are basically kind of they they they're not really that good. Like the only two good characters in the game, not not counting secret characters, is probably Ken and Donovan. I agree with that. And they fixed some of that in the Xbox Live version. But I love in the Xbox Live version that there's three different modes. Uh, oh, yeah. And there's X mode, which is uh, the game kind of rebalanced so that all the characters are decent. Getting rid of the diamond glitch which was this exploit that if you didn't use, uh, and it was like a bug in the game, and if you didn't exploit it, you basically couldn't win on a competitive level. Yes. And uh, so they got rid of that. They balanced the characters. And that's X prime mode, I think. But there's also X mode, which is the original game just as broken as it ever was. Like, I love that they gave you the option there, and they, they were like, because they knew people would want to play it with those little bugs in it. Well, because usually, like, when it comes to, like, competitive games, there's always going to be a glitch that's useful for competitive, um, in competitive spirit. It's like that in fighting games also. So it's... I think in any competitive field, there's always going to be like a little glitch that will give someone an advantage, which is also, I guess, respected too. Like they're like, okay, this 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 could be allowed because it's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. But do they fix those more now? Because they can update Marvel vs. Capcom three, the new one. They can update it pretty regularly. I bet it's not even that hard to update an arcade cabinet. Where Street Fighter two. If you wanted to update Street Fighter two, you basically had to make Super Street Fighter two and add some new characters or something. <laughs> Well, because of the technology, it makes things a lot easier to fix. And the uh, old school games like Mars Capcom 2 or Street Fighter 2, anything that's from the arcade era that's not on the Xbox or PS3, you definitely have to just make a brand new game of it. And which you see them doing with Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Oh, yeah. So like, is that less of a factor now than it was back in the day? It's definitely not a, not a factor, but... There will, there will always be bugs because people will keep finding more bugs and you just have to just wait for them. Like there's another bug currently in Marvel Ultimate Marvel Capcom 3 that they have not fixed yet where if you do – okay, this this might sound kind of out there. I'm, I'm on board, man. Let's go. Have you played Marvel vs. Capcom 3? Oh, yeah. I actually haven't played Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, but it seems like the same shit. Okay. Well, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 has the same, the same feature as Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for this one part. So you know how if you do an air combo – and if you do like an exchange, you, you you tag the other partner in, and then they, they'll continue the air combo. So yeah. So let me break this down for those that aren't familiar with the game. Marvel vs. Capcom Three is a game where you make a team of three characters from either the Marvel Comics universe or the Capcom video game universe. That's what makes it so great because you can have Spider-Man and Ken from Street Fighter on the same team, and uh, 
So if you launch someone up in the air, you're starting your air combo with uh, Ken, you can, like, switch out and then send in Spider-Man and he finishes it. That's what we're talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, so there's a glitch in Ultimate where if you perf- if you do the exchange, um, the next character comes in, obviously, and there's a way to continue that combo forever, meaning it's an infinite. And infinites are like the worst bug you can have. Yeah, so that's a glitch. You just have to watch a character just die and they have that they have in the game but they have not fixed yet that seems like a pretty bad one is that easy to do it's not easy to do it's pretty hard to do but i think in terms of in the long run in competitive field that people will master it soon and there's already someone that does it on a consistent basis that has won a tournament recently named takito he's from japan and he did it in the finals every time he got a chance to so it's 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 once one person does it then everyone's going to try to do it. You know? Yeah, that seems kind of dishonorable, but I don't know how you could regulate against it, really. It's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game, so it's not like they can ban it. Or, like they, Obviously, the community can't can ban it, but everyone said that, oh, it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. This is all very advanced stuff we're talking about. This is Olympic-level fighting game competitions. But when a game comes out, okay. and it's new, and you're at my level, you've never picked it up before... How do you start to figure this stuff out? Because for me, it's hard enough just to learn all the special moves. A lot of uh, fighting game developers do now is that they have a challenge mode in the game. Meaning, let's say, like for example, Street Fighter 4, and you want to play, you want to learn how to play Ryu. So you go to the challenge mode in the in the game, and it basically teaches you how to perform the special moves and what kind of combos to do. And you know, you just go through a trial, like like twenty five, tr- like twenty five challenges to try to, comp- and you have to complete it, and that will basically kind of teach you the basics of the character. I've seen that, and I do it once, and then I forget them all immediately. Do you, can you go through that once and be like, all right, Ryu, got it? Well, I can personally do it um, once and understand like the basics of the character and what type of combos and what kind of combos I can create with the character. But for a beginner, what I recommend is after you do the challenge mode, you should do it at least like 50 times in a row until it's embedded in your head and you don't have to go back in the challenge mode to do it over and over again. By the way, in the fighting game community, does anyone say Ryu or is it just Ryu for everybody? I mean, I heard people. some people say Ryu or Ryu. That or, seems like some newbie bullshit, right? I think the, the, the actual pr- way to pronounce it is called Ru. I think that's correct, yeah. In Japan, they call it Ru, not Ryu or Ryu. But, I mean, I used to say... I always always said Ryu. So, again, you're talking about the types of combos that you do with different players. And, uh, to me, each character... And I, I, like, I used to really like fighting games. So, I, I feel so silly describing uh, how I played them versus how you played them. But for me, each character is basically a collection of special moves, and it's hard to really understand the substantive differences in how they play. So using an example like Marvel vs. Capcom 3, let's say it's the first time you've played the game, and you pick up Wolverine. What do you get out of Wolverine? What kind of character is that for you? Well, Wolverine is an aggressive character, and I think the way people make the character is the way that um, their their personality is. So if you watch, like, for example, the X-Men cartoon show, the X-Men movies, you always see Wolverine 
jump in before everyone else does. He always goes in and kills and tries to kill everything before everyone else can can jump in later on. And that's what he is exactly in Mars Capcom 3. Complete 100% aggressive character that just tries to stay next to you and pressure you until he wins that is awesome i never put that together there's like a thematic connection between the personality of wolverine and the way he plays you see that in other characters too yeah like um for example if you see spider-man right he's always like a a hit and run character where he avoids things and he's always in the air web swinging that's how you're supposed to play him in marvel's capcom 3 also where you just keep web swinging around the air you just try to hit him try to annoy the opponents as much as possible keep going these are fun i've never like I've never seen the game quite this way. Uh, what about like Doctor Doom? How does he play? I actually never seen a cartoon with Doctor Doom. Oh, you got to watch the old Fantastic Four cartoons. It's great because uh, you know there's the Fantastic Four, yeah. and the theme song's introducing them, and they're like the strange and powerful rays had changed each one of them, transforming their leader Reed Richards into the plastic-skinned Mister Fantastic. Sue Richards into the Now You See Her, Now You Don't, Invisible Girl, and Ben Grimm into a mighty muscled powerhouse called The Thing. Now together with Herbie the Robot, the newest member of the group. Wait, what's Herbie? I guess the rights to um, Human Torch were tied up in the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon, okay. and I, or something like that. The licensing for the Human Torch was elsewhere, and they just couldn't use it, so they invented Herbie the Robot. And uh, he's in there, too. And they fight Dr. Doom. It's great. All right. Well, another example that I can think of is um, the Hulk, right? And the Hulk is basically, he's obviously a big green machine. And, you know, when you hit him, he gets mad. And in Marvel's Capcom 3, when you fight against him, you kind of just want to avoid him. You don't want to get too close because he wants you to get close. And that's what he is like in the actual movie where he needs to be close to destroy things. Because if, if you get too close to him in the game, he's in the advantage to destroy you than you to destroy him. Now, these are a little easy because these are like iconic characters that uh, we know so much about. What about the characters that you've never seen before from video games? Like, um... You know, if you just pick up a new fighting game and, uh, I don't know, what's the fat guy from Street Fighter's name? Rufus? Yeah. You pick up Rufus and you play him for the first time. What, what do you take out of that experience? Okay. Well, he's actually my main character. Whoa, really? Yeah, so good guess. And um, Rufus, for example, okay, if you if you see his storyline, is that he is um, an aspiring American that is into kung fu. And that wants to be the best. So now it's basically kind of like when you when you're growing up and you see these Jackie Chan and Jet Li movies, and you see Jackie Chan and Jet Li just like destroying everyone, and you want to be like like them, you know? I think it's isn't that they have a movie like that? It's like um, Forbidden Kingdom when both of them were in that movie, and you had that little the white kid that wanted to be like him. I'm not familiar with it. But uh, it seems like such an appropriate story to put into a fighting game because that's basically what you're doing every time you pick up the controller. Yeah, and and Rufus is an aggressive character also. And he uses a lot of uh, martial, well, like kind of like his own way of what martial arts look like type of moves. So like, for example, you know how like they do a, a pose like and they bow down and they have like um, one one on your right hand is a fist and the, uh, and the left hand is like a, like a paper and they put it together. That, that's like a bow. OK, he, he does. He puts his hand together and, and, and does a spin attack. Like that's one of his kung fu moves. So I, he's taking a lot of what he probably sees in like like movies and tries to put them as a move together. So how does that translate to gameplay? Well, if you, if you learn martial arts. You're either going to be very offensive or very defensive. And the way 
if you look at if you look how he's designed, he definitely has that has that face of I'm a very aggressive character. So that's how he plays too. He's a, he's an aggressive character. A very aggressive character. It's interesting to hear you talk about the game because honestly, I kind of assumed that you had really like broken it down to a math. And you've done that to an extent. You talked about like just plus one frames, plus two frames. But it's pretty clear that you still see these people as characters, and you're still into into the story of it. Is that right? Yeah, I, I like if, if there's a story mode for a fighting game, I'm always gonna try to beat it. And um, I know Street Fighter is not really into story modes as they used to anymore. But like Mortal Kombat has Mortal Kombat, like the latest one, Mortal Kombat Nine, has an amazing storyline. And you know, I'm excited for like those type of games. I even play like Tekken storylines. So I just think that fighting game characters are like probably one of the coolest characters ever created, and their storyline are pretty is pretty sick too. And you know, they they made movies, even though the movies are not that good. They should stay in the animation process of the movie. Like Street Fighter Two, the animate animated movie was probably the best movie for Street Fighter. You mean it's better than the Van Damme one? And and the Chun Li one. Oh my God, I forgot about that one. I've actually seen both, and they are both atrocious. But when I watch it now, I actually find I actually have fun watching it, especially the the, the Van Damme one. Yeah, you, you, there is no fun to be had watching that Chun Li. No, movie. <laughs> there's there, there's that one scene in the Van Damme movie where Bison's playing on the joystick, and I and I thought that was very funny. Yeah, there's a few in jokes. This, that one's definitely more fun. Like I would much, much rather watch that one, but uh, it's uh, it's certainly not a good movie. But it's it's I guess it's a Street Fighter movie. You get every character in there. They all do their special move. They all do their winning pose at the end. There's a lot of winks for the fans. Yeah. You mentioned that Rufus was your main character. How do you pick a main character? Is it just because you thought Rufus was the coolest, or was it because you were the best with Rufus? Um. Okay. So this is what happened. Um, before Street Fighter 4 came out, there was like this 10-year period where Capcom did not make a did not make um, a fighting game, basically. So when Street Fighter 4 first came out, I was um, known as a very defensive player. And, you know, it was very boring to watch, and um, I decided that I think Street Fighter 4 is going to be very popular, and it's going to be I think it's going to be on the mainstream, and you know, I wanted it to just be very big. So I just assumed that. I will still be playing and always uh, try to be on the top in terms of tournaments so people know. I, I decided to pick Rufus, which is a brand new character. Like, he never came out in any Street Fighter game until Street Fighter 4. And there's not that many new characters in Street Fighter 4. Rufus is, I think, one of four, maybe. Yeah, four, and there was four brand new characters. And I decided to play Rufus because he looks very, like, I thought he was going to be a troll character, to be honest. What's a troll character? A character that's not taken seriously. It's more of, like, a having fun character. Who would be an example of one of those? Um, like Dan. Dan from Street Fighter. Yeah, like, no one respects Dan. They always thought he was a joke. Isn't Dan, Dan, as I understand it, is a satire of SNK, Capcom's rival. It's like they, Capcom, the biggest fighting game company, made a character that's a parody of an SNK character, SNK being the second biggest fighting game character, and he's the worst in the game. He's, like, laughably bad. Yeah, he's he's really bad. But outside of him, uh, who's obviously a joke character, are there characters who you just never, ever, ever see in tournament play, or is generally there a balance and everyone's pretty competitive? Um, in, in fighting games, there's always going to be, like, like the top three characters and the, the top three bottom characters and there's gonna be like a lot of people will just pick this character for example like for example street fighter 3 um third strike 
the best characters were like Chung Li and Yun, the like the, the Chinese skateboard kid, mm-hmm. and you would only see those two characters majority of times in tournaments. So, so you, you you'll see like other characters like Remy, which is like the Guile version of the game. Like he he'll never be used or like twelve, who's who is basically like just this white character co- copy. He'll never be used. That's a shame, Chris. I thought twelve had the coolest animation. I mean, I I feel like he was just a character that like oh you know, we didn't finish him, so let's just leave him like that and put him in the game. Wait, wasn't twelve the one that was kind of like venomy and he could like yeah kind of like I thought his animation was awesome. He looked sweet. I don't know. Like I felt like he was just one of those incomplete characters. It seems like the scene evolves so quickly, and there's just so many new games coming out all the time. How do you know when it's time to put one down and start learning the new one? Okay, well, I think the only time I would do that is like, for example, I used to like Marvel's Capcom Two was like my number one favorite game in the world, and um, it was like the most um, competitive game in the USA because like that's like the number one game to play in the USA at the time. So when Marvel's Capcom 3 come out, no one wanted to play Marvel's Capcom 2 anymore because it's like, oh, it's time to move on. It's like when when Halo 1 came out and then Halo 2 came out and then Halo 3 came out and then now Halo 4 is going to come out. Like, no one's going to play the old Halos anymore. Like, you, you always have, like, that little group that will keep playing the game that they love the most. But in terms of, like, in the competitive field, if you want to move on with the, competi- the, the competition, you have to kind of just move on and play a different game if you still want to be involved in the competition spirit part. You have, you know, uh, obviously achieved a lot in a lot of different games. Do the skills from one game translate over to the other as someone who's amazing at Street Fighter? If they put in just a little bit of effort, are they going to be amazing at Mortal Kombat too? Um, having experience in other fighting games and it helps a lot because you already know how to play a fighting game. So all you have to do is just learn the the, the different type of mechanics, what the game has to offer. So, example, Street Fighter, to block is hold back on the joystick or your or the, the button D-pad. And for Mortal Kombat, there is an actual block button. So you can't use a joystick to block for you. Mm-hmm. So you just have to kind of just learn how to, the mechanics, but you know how to fight in terms of um, playing the character. I'm curious about that leap from, you know, being the best in the arcade to being the best in the country what was that like how did you uh, get to that stage it was kind of hard um well not hard but weird <clears throat> because when i was uh, i just wanted to go to the arcade every day and play against everyone so one day my friends were like hey you should come with me to a tournament and uh you should and you could play other people and i was like oh yeah i could play different people because you know you always play the same like 20 people it gets kind of repetitive so i was like yeah i'll go you know i didn't know what a tournament was back in the day because i was a uh, 14 so i didn't understand what a tournament was and you know i entered this tournament and there was like 500 people there and i got fifth out of 500 people and the people i lost to were the people from my arcade and i beat everyone else that i fought that was from like connecticut virginia north carolina and like all the east coast states and i thought that was it was very very fun so that chinatown arcade really was uh one of the one of the best places to uh train yeah it was really really like there's there's arcades like in california they had like this old school arcade but i think it's closed down it's called sunday hills golf land but yeah this if you have an arcade 
in your town, you should appreciate it. Like even now today, like I know arcades are kind of like dying, but there's always the the little arcades that still exist. Like in California, there's like Super Arcade, and Texas they have Arcade UFO. Oh, I've been there. Arcade UFO is awesome. Yeah, that's it's that's a very competitive arcade in terms for fighting games too. Yeah, they have. Um, it has like a Japanese. I believe it's a Japanese arcade setup yeah. where like you sit. The it's just just looks different. Like the cabinets are kind of waist high, and you sit down to play. And yep. the cabinets are kind of uniform. It's uh, really cool, and the people there obviously take it very seriously. Like um, the owner Ryan Harvey, he's very uh, competitive, and he's been in the scene for like ten plus years. So he just wants to grow his Austin scene and try to you know get them on par with like everyone else around the world. Chinatown uh, Fair Arcade closed, I believe. It doesn't exist anymore, right? It did close, but it reopened up, and the, there's a new Chinatown Fair, but it's not the same as the old Chinatown Fair. There's a new owner, and uh, it's basically a new establishment. It's like a, a Dave & Buster's call, but it's called Chinatown Fair. Yeah, they got more of that Chuck E. Cheese shit where it's about winning tickets as opposed yeah. to just video yeah. games like Street Fighter. Yeah, I went in there. <clears throat> I went in there because I was in town, and I, you know, I had to just pay respect to my roots. So I went, in, and then it was very depressing for me because I was there since like, like around 1990s playing at Chinatown Fair, and it was completely different. It was very colorful. It 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 it, it smelled like you know you, you if you were a, a a father or a mother you would bring your little kid here to play some redemption games. Take it redemption games like the stuff where you can win spider rings and that kind of thing. Yeah. Is there uh, an age limit? to playing Street Fighter? Is it like tennis, where after a certain age you pretty much can't compete with the best of the world anymore? Because it seems like reactions and this dexterity is a major factor. There's no age limit because it's a, it's an open thing and there's no like rules on anything like that. So there's this uh, little little kid, little eight-year-old kid, probably nine right now, named uh, Noah, and he entered the Morris Capcom 3 tournament two years ago. At Evolution, which is the biggest fighting game term in the world, and he placed top forty-eight out of out of um, I believe two thousand people. So, no, it doesn't matter how young you are, I guess. Well, I know eight-year-olds are awesome at video games, but are there any forty-year-olds who are still competing? There are. I think there are. Um, I think the oldest person that's still in the scene is probably like thirty-eight, and he still plays. And he's still good. He's he's still pretty good. Like, he's not the best, but you know he's he's still up there. Yeah, it seems like you could be up there. But because the games are really physical and require uh, just reaction time and, like I was saying before, dexterity, uh, that at a certain point you probably couldn't be the best in the world anymore. Um, I mean, that, that, that's, it's, that's true, but I still think it's still hard to beat older people because they have uh, more experience and they know what you're capable of because I think they have more knowledge of the game. Right, right, right. It seems is, is it a physical uh, competition? Is there a, f- a physical com- component to it? Like it's not that physical. It's not like a bench press or whatever. But it's more of like a sitting in a chair and like just in that position for hours, or make, making sure your hand doesn't like go numb or anything. But it's more def- It's one hundred percent more mental for sure. Do you do any hand warm ups or anything like that to stay loose? No, uh, no hand warm ups. But it's, but it's more mental. Because you're thinking about what kind of tricks you want to do, um, make sure you 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 can read your opponent's habits. You know, it's a lot more mental for sure. Do you have to do any warm up games before you play the game? Just like you know, beat up on some noobs. I don't really care about warm ups, but there are players out there that prefer warm ups for sure. Are there people that this is going to be a weird question? Take drugs to help them focus on the game because it seems like focus would be such an important part of it. 
to be honest, I have I don't do that, but I don't know if other people do it or not. But I could see them. Yeah, it just seems it like it would be a thing. Yeah, but maybe I don't think it's that serious yet. Where you have like you have to take like something that can make you focus on one thing at a time. I don't think it's that serious yet. But just like any other competition, I imagine there's a lot of pressure. Oh yeah, it's definitely a lot of pressure. And when you see like like high like really big tournaments, and you see them like a lot of people in like like the the finals or anything, you could tell from their gameplay that they're nervous. Yeah, you actually are involved in what is probably, I feel comfortable saying, the most popular clip of a fighting game tournament ever online. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know, the, the Ken and Chun-Li one. Right, so you are playing, can you describe the clip? You're playing Chun-Li. I'm playing Chun-Li against um, a Japanese player named Daigo, which is like the, he's probably the number one player of all time. He's like, you know, if there was like a Hulk Hogan, he would be like the Hulk Hogan for Street Fighter. And um, it's um, I'm basically winning at this at this moment. And what I what I did was a super from full screen, and to chip him, chipping means um, you cannot block special moves without taking chip damage. Meaning your life will deteriorate little by little if you get hit. If you get hit by the super, so he had no life to he had no more life to afford. Yeah. So even if you're blocking, just so you can't block forever. You can use, like, this super move, which is a combination of a lot of moves, and you can use that to chip away at their life. Because a- even a blocked move takes away a little bit of light. Yes. And what is a super, exactly? Can you just explain? I mean, I know what it is, but I want to hear you explain it. A super is basically, like, their advanced version of the move, and, and that's, like, your, your to-go move to, like, finish the match, usually, or have a big life advantage. So, example, if Ryu throws a fireball, and he does a super fireball it will be more multiple hits instead of one hit. So back to this video, you're Chun-Li, you throw out her super. It's, which is it's a, a bunch of kicks because her main moves is, is kicking. So it's like 18 hits. And there's a move, there's a, there's a, there's a mechanic in the game called parry in Street Fighter 3, meaning um, you, you parry the move and you take no chip damage at all. And you absorb, you basically kind of absorb the hit, but, by, but you're not absorbed. But you're not losing life at the same time. So he absorbed 18 hits. But what what does it take to parry a super? I can't parry a super. What what was what was going um, on? He was just okay. In order to parry, when the move's about to hit you, you just tap forward on your directional pad, and then your your character turns blue. And this requires very precise, very timing. precise timing. Yes. I'm just I'm just trying to set the scene here because, uh, and I, I'm sorry, to, I don't want to bring up. Uh, this loss, but I think what made it so exciting was that it was such a close match, and you know, yeah. um, that, that I think that's one reason the clip's so popular. So, he, with very precise timing, kind of turns away 18 Chun-Li kicks in a row. Yes. And I don't know much about Street Fighter 3, but based on the crowd's reaction, that has never been done before, ever, because they go nuts. <laughs> At the time, I wasn't even mad at all. I was just like, you know what? You deserve that. What were you thinking when that clip was going on? I thought that I can't believe he did it. And, you know, he definitely deserved that that win right there. Are you surprised that video is as popular as it is? 
I, at, at the time, I didn't think it was going to be popular because, you know, like I said, it's the, the, the tournament scene was very underground-ish, so not a lot of people would know about it. What year was that? It was uh, 2004. So it was still mm-hmm. basically like the, the YouTube, the beginning of YouTube days. Yeah. There was yeah. no streaming and stuff like that. And when I think about it now it's i would i would i would uh, i would think that it would be popular because it's like one of those iconic moments in like competitive gaming that you always kind of want to just remember are you proud to have been involved in that moment even though you know you were unfortunately on the losing end of it i think that clip is probably the best advertisement you could possibly have for the competitive fighting game scene because it's they're difficult to follow uh, if you don't know what's going on, I can't count frames as I'm watching Street Fighter. But you can see just how excited the entire crowd is and how whatever is going on the screen lights up a room. And I think it made a lot of people realize, wow, this is this really is something. I was very happy about it because I think because of that, I, I, in my opinion, I, at, the, at 2004, I thought the fighting game community it was like dying. Because not a lot of people were taking the games more serious. They were just like, oh, I don't care anymore type of thing, right? But because of that clip, it kind of just motivated everyone to come back to the scene and play again. Do people besides me bring up that clip all the time? Is that like something that haunts you at tournaments? I mean, I, I get, I got a lot back in the day, but I don't get it as much anymore. But it doesn't really bother me. And do you have any? Some people probably just never seen it. How many times has that clip been viewed? Do you have any idea? A lot. I mean, it, it, on I know it on the um, one of the mag video game magazines at the time might be Tips and Tricks. It was voted as like the number one moment in competitive video game history that's a crazy that you were involved in the number one moment in competitive video game history and that like that youtube clip you know when we see like vintage basketball clips or vintage baseball clips like that's gonna be uh the equivalent of that in the future yeah it, it's it's still like like a lot of people still view it as one of the, the number one like one of the number one moments ever and you know it's 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 still pretty good because as long as Fighting games getting exposure. I don't mind who wins or who loses. Now, video games are fun and all, but all I care about is money. Is there a lot of money to be made uh, being the best fighting game player? It's definitely growing, for sure. It's definitely, um, it's not no StarCraft money or PC game type of money. I find that surprising because computer games are significantly less popular than console games. Yeah, but there's more sponsors involved like you can sell a keyboard you can sell a mice you can sell a video card you can sell speakers you can sell mm. you know a lot of cards a lot of pc stuff but in the console part you know you have a let's see a, a controller and a tv that's kind of about it right majority of the the fighting game stuff that people sponsors are basically either from mad cats or an independent t-shirt company like broken tier but what about what about things like energy drinks or just, oh yeah that's, that's that's there too fighting game fans certainly consume a lot of things just like any other people they probably consume more things there's probably more people who want to sell things to them yeah that's there too but it's not like the power of like for example intel or kingston technology it's not like any of that <laughs> yeah but um i can say that when i was winning fighting game tournaments before street fighter 4 came out i was winning not like very little money it was basically just for just it was basically you just winning for your 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 city your coast or whatever but now it's probably like quadruple the money that you can win in tournaments 
So it's like a couple of thousand dollars now compared to a couple hundred dollars, which is, um, I think, pretty good for fighting game tournaments at the moment. But obviously, it's still rising. And there's like there's even tournaments that are going up to like 10,000, 50,000. And there's like even leagues considering them like MOG or IPL. So there's it's definitely growing. It's definitely possible that it'll be the future do you or is there anyone that makes this their full-time job there's a lot of fighting game players that well not a lot but a good amount like besides myself there's like a filipino champ there's ricky ortiz like there's a like an actual fighting game house in northern california where it's called the fgtv it's basically a big house and it's with uh four fighting game players and living in that house and they just stream fighting games the whole day of them practicing getting ready for a tournament and you know showcasing their personalities I think that exists uh, for poker. I think there's a reality show with that exact premise, but for poker. And there's like five dudes who just play poker all day. Yeah, they, they but um, it's not they, they. They have that house for poker. They have the house for other games. Like they have a StarCraft house. Like my sponsor, Evil Genius, has a StarCraft house. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of houses for that type that do streaming and make it their full time job. And certainly, I think it's pretty clear that this is growing. I think even if you don't uh, totally understand it yet, you can see that like only more people are going to be into it in the future. This is not a fad. Yeah. That is uh, exciting. So this is for you is a full-time job. Um, yeah, for me it is. Do you still have fun with it? Do you enjoy your job? I have fun with it because I get to see my friends, meet new people, you know, just do a bunch of stuff. I think meeting and networking and meeting new people is probably the number one thing for me. But what about the games? People are nice. Friends are great. But what about Street Fighter? Do you still love Street Fighter? Do you still love uh, Marvel vs. Capcom too? I have fun playing it in a, in a casual environment. I don't. I don't. I don't really have fun in terms of a tournament. I just do. I just think of it as a job when 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 it's an actual tournament. But when you're at home playing, you can like still you can still uh, enjy a good good old round of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, because I don't have to. You know. I could just pick different characters and, you know, have fun type of thing. In tournaments, I can't really do that because, you know, I'm representing uh, my team and I want to make them proud. So I have to be 100% every time. Is there any advice you would give to uh, a button masher who's aspiring to uh, start playing a little more strategically? What are some steps you can take to start, you know, becoming really competitive with these games? Um, Support your community. Like if they, if you're like, for example, if you live in, if you even, if you live in a random city like Tennessee or like Atlanta or whatever, I'm pretty sure there's, there's always going to be fighting game players living in your area, even though it's not much, you should just try to like hit them up and, you know, just practice with them and also travel to your tournaments and support tournaments. Cause I think when you go to a tournament, you become, and let's say if you do really bad at it, but you get to play a lot of other people from different areas, you always come come out of it 10 times better than you originally were coming to determine the first place i was really hoping you'd give me a really actionable piece of advice like hey fireballs are overrated don't lay off the <laughs> fireballs man but you just said to make more friends i can't do that i mean okay if, if you don't want if you want to stay home you know you could, there's always xbox live is that uh is that a good place obviously i think people should go out and make actual friends not that you can't make friends on xbox live but what, what you're saying is great advice and i think uh, also applies to things that aren't Street Fighter. No matter what your hobby is, yeah. you should go out, and that's a, a great way to get better at it. But you know, let's say you just—it's late at night. You need a quick Street Fighter fix. Is going online an acceptable uh, thing? It, it is. It is. It is acceptable. Acceptable because if you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't, you know, want to travel like an hour away to to go to your scene, you can always play online because this is right there, and a lot of good players. 
that play competitively play online anyway, so maybe you could run into them. Do you play online? I don't because I'm always traveling. It's, it's one of these days that I'm lucky to do this interview with you. Justin, it sounds like you're afraid to play me in Puzzle Fighter. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I never played the Xbox Live Puzzle Fighter. I only played the arcade one. The new Puzzle Fighter kind of turned me off when you can just like tap up and it goes instantly down. I don't like that. Cause... Does it still do that in X Because in speed's a huge factor in Puzzle Fighter, obviously. You know, it's a lot about getting those pieces down as quick as you can. Can you do that even in X mode? Like that is faithful to the original? I'm not sure. I'm, I never played the puzzle because you didn't play the xbox one well you should check it out and if you check it out let me know we'll play it online uh justin where can people follow you on twitter how can they uh learn more about you online you can follow me on twitter with um it's j wong j w o n and then g g g so it's three g's and i just talk about about strategies when my next tournament is um what am i doing and post a lot of food pictures so sorry (laughs) about that i know a lot of people don't like that do you have any tournaments coming up actually this is a my break for like two and a half weeks but there's a tournament at the end of the month called season beatings in columbus ohio no not columbus sorry cleveland ohio and um it's gonna be one of those really big tournaments because a lot of people international players are coming so that'll be fun what are you gonna be playing there just probably every fighting game because it's, it's a multi, <laughs> it's a multi-fighting game tournament so they have like street fighter they'll have like marvel they'll have tekken they'll have persona 4 they'll have Mortal combat it just the list just keeps going on do you play video games this is my last question then i'm gonna let you go do you play video games that aren't fighting games i'm really bad at racing games so I'm, i think a lot of people know that i'm really bad at those games but i I, I love playing like RPGs. I ran. I, I sometimes get sucked into MMOs, and I'm a very big handheld game type of guy because since I'm always traveling, I always need a handheld to play. So 3DS and PS Vita is like my best friend at the moment. All right, this is going to be really my last question. Anything good you played lately that you could recommend? Um, it's a, the really bad part is the current game I'm playing right now is uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 for the 3DS. And yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. That doesn't sound like yeah, a bad part. But I, to, be, to be honest, I'm not really a big fan of it because I feel like I'm, I played this one already because it's like kind of similar to Super Mario Brothers 1. Yeah, I hear that. But um, the last game I played, ah, oh, damn, I don't remember. But I remember I played Catherine. I, I loved Catherine for a long time. But I have a lot of games that are, like, still sealed in plastic. I haven't touched yet. Well, I'm going to let you go so you can get back to practicing, so you can get back to uh, unwrapping those games. Uh, thank you so much for uh, talking to me tonight. I think this is a really interesting scene, and it's cool, and it's growing, and uh, congratulations on your success in it. Yeah, of course. Anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you again to my guest, Justin Wong, and thank you to you for listening. That's right, you get a thanks too. I can't tell you who is going to be on the podcast next week because I don't know as I'm recording this outro, but I probably know by the time I posted the episode. So if you want to find out, go to my Tumblr at jeffrubin.com. You see how smoothly I turn that? Uh, my Twitter, where I am at Jeff Rubin Show. Uh, Facebook fan, now that I did it smoothly, I'm like, eh, uh, Facebook fan page and youtube.com slash Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin. Uh, if you want to email me to talk about uh, the podcast, maybe you have a guest suggestion, maybe you just want to talk about Puzzle Fighter, you know, Jeff Rubin at jeffrubinshow.com. I will talk to you on Tuesday and whoever's here with me, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I'll see you there. Bye.